We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. How many goals would it take for me to guarantee that they score, that San Jose scores this week before you take Wanda? Like, if I told you, like, San Jose definitely will score two goals this week, you don't take Wando. But if they scored, like, nine, then you're, you'd probably take Wando. So, like, what's the number? I mean, I'd probably nah, if- three. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Bazo. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire, joined on this Wednesday night by J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath to discuss some Major League Soccer. We're a little later than we've been the last few weeks because there's no double game week and everybody's playing Saturday or Sunday. J.D., how are you enjoying the extra time off? It's been excellent. Has been. Um, treating it pretty much like any other week and still haven't gotten the rankings done, but we'll get them there. <laughs> oh, we didn't have to admit that. <laughs> oh, they'll get done. Yeah. And Skylar, yours are up nice and early. Yeah, I had a nice little early morning session. I had a uh, kid jump in the bed about 4 a.m., so figured why not go ahead and get an early start on it since I couldn't sleep. So um, got the coffee going early and, and cranked them out, but... Yeah, it's been nice. I've been able to to play a little Champions League. Tuesday went well. Uh, today was kind of a rem- reminder of just how tight the uh, the Champions League 
uh, DFS mm-hmm. play is. I mean, it felt like it was a matter of five or six points, and you uh, you either either had a good day or a bad day. But yeah, I was on the on the other end of that, on the bad end of that. Mm-hmm. So um, Tuesday was good, Wednesday not so good. But no, it's been fun. I mean, I just you know just enjoy the the additional fantasy action out there. So always nice to have Messi in a consequential game. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, Messi uh, at Wembley. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Exactly. Uh, but we're here for Major League Soccer. Lionel Messi doesn't play in Major League Soccer quite yet. Not yet. Um, surely he'll be raring to go for the Houston Dynamo one day. Um, so we have, what are we in, week 32 now? My gosh, 32. We're so close. You got it. What, um, like uh, four weeks, including this one? Yeah. To go? Yeah. And I think uh, next week is a smaller one because um, of an international international break. break yeah, right? which obviously MLF MLS excuse me scoffs at fully breaking for an international break. But we'll talk about next week. Next week, um, so we've got uh, all but New York City FC are playing this week. Uh, there are some definitely some decent matchups. It's kind of weird that with the no double game week i feel like our podcast is always like here are the doubles that we want are there any single game week players and sometimes there are i guess last week we had a bunch but um no doubles this week so now we kind of get to talk about everyone on an even plane um so for forwards at least this week um where are you guys going i mean there's a ton of options pretty yeah much, pretty much everyone's in play a lot of forwards have been getting really hot lately. Um, so you could go any number of ways. I think, first and foremost, I want Javinko. He was yep, the first agreed. one on my list, yeah. Yeah, he's at the top of my rankings this week. I plugged Joseph in initially. I, I think it was almost just out of habit like <laughs> from earlier in the season. It just feels like he's been the top option. It's so easy to go to him because you, know, you feel like he's always got that two or three goal game in them, especially at home against New England. I think yeah. that's the case again this week, but it just feels like Javinko has been a little more consistent lately. I mentioned in my rankings, he's hit nine or more points in I think seven, each of his last seven starts. And so, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like he's really put the team on his back when he's, when he's healthy, when he's in the game, um, looking at his game log here, I know it's a little bit of a stat dump, but he's had eight or more shots in his last three starts. So that's, it looks like he's actually had 20, 28 shots, I want to say, 27 shots over the last three games. That's yeah, That's last nuts. game he had he had two of eight on goal, which I'd prefer he'd, he'd get better at. But, yeah. Um, right, yeah. but still, I mean, he's just firing at will right now, and then at home against Vancouver. I mean, a lot of people have pretty much ruled Toronto FC out, which, you know, I'd, I'd say they're pretty much out of the playoff race at this point with DC making this late surge and, um, I just I don't see it happening, but I mean they're they're not mathematically eliminated yet, so I think it keeps up. I mean, no reason to fade Javinko in the spot at home against Vancouver, who, as we've seen, are pretty much in shambles at this point. Mm-hmm. JD, you have Javinko ahead of Yosef too. I do. Yeah, I thought Javinko looked excellent last game. Um, not just uh, the goal that he scored, which is fantastic, but the number of chances that he created. And the number of players from the Toronto midfield that really were like bombing forward Mm -hmm. um, and just like giving him so many easy runs to just pick the defense apart. I mean, he's putting it over top of them, around them, wherever, wherever he wanted, really. It was, um, I don't know, he's on another level when he really wants to play. And last game was one of those games. So Mm -hmm. I I expect that to continue. Um, 
even though Vancouver are less mathematically eliminated than Toronto, but um, they've lost three straight. So there's no reason really to trust in the Whitecaps this week. Do you think you'll play both Javinko and Yosef this week? Uh, I don't think so, to be honest. Oh, Skyler? I've got them both in my lineup right yeah. now. I've actually got, uh, looks like Murderer's Row, looking at my strike force. I've got Rooney, Javinko, and Martinez up top. Yeah, that's pretty good. The one the one thing I want to add while we're on Toronto is um, Josie Altidore went down with an injury. Um, I, I doubt he plays this week, but it's worth monitoring. But um, Lucas Hansen came in. It was very good as well. Scored mm-hmm. a nice goal. So um, he's only 8.4. If you're really having trouble squeezing in all the elite midfielders that you want, then I would consider uh, getting Hansen up top instead of Javinko. I mean, it's not the, the best move, but um, salaries are really high, and our budget is not really that high. It does feel like the fall season salaries have gone faster than my budget. Like we, yeah. the the we obviously joked plenty last in the spring early on about how I never had any money, but like it does feel like you're kind of making. I feel like there are more guys over thirteen and a half, fourteen million now than there were at this point in the spring season. I mean, yeah, yeah the, in the spring, the, the yeah. pricing is a lot tighter for sure because it started the the spring or the fall season started a lot tighter. I mean, the prices were more accurate. The players that did good were already, uh, they were adjusted upward. Mm-hmm. And frankly, not that many players were adjusted downward. So, Right. Yeah, definitely feels like a little bit more of a stars and scrubs build um, towards the latter part of this season than we were doing last, towards the end of last, the spring season. Yeah. Which felt like that, like you were uh, alluding to him, mean, it felt like that was pretty much play who you want. Um, looking at my lineup right now, I mean, I've got guys like, uh, I guess we'll get to defenders in a, in a bit, but I've got George Bellow from Atlanta, who I think is a great value play this week. He's 4.5. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably going to start at left back for uh, McCann for Atlanta. So, um, I mean, you're going to have to have some plays like that if you want to fit the the Josephs, the Javinkos, Roonies, and Almarones. I mean, there's a ton of heavy artillery out there that you're going to want to have exposure to this week. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean we're going to have to find some values. Yeah, Bellow's fun too, I mean. I don't know that he's like a, a player that really looks the part for the full 90 minutes, but he, he definitely has his streaks during the game where you can tell he's a really promising young player. So that's a good call. Mm-hmm. Um, what other forwards are you looking at then? Of I mean, you mentioned those top three. Well, I think like you have to look them. at, I think you have to look at Rui Diaz. I mean, the guy's been on fire. Mm-hmm. Home against Houston on Monday. Nice yeah, switch it's kind of a weird one. It is weird. 10.30, no less, Eastern on Monday, when everyone's dying to watch Major League Soccer. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like some showdown action to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on a random Monday MLS showdown. There you go, right after Monday Night Football. I call that some don't, don't show action because I don't, don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> um, okay, Rui Diaz, anyone else? Yeah, Rui, 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 Rui Diaz has been great. Uh, Maxi or Rudy is I was going to say, yeah, the Dallas. <clears throat> Dallas. Yeah, I mean, he's. 8.8 too. I mean, that's a good value for a forward. I mean, he's actually been in that number two role like we've talked about the past couple of weeks. So a um, little bit more of a creative role that I think he might be able to pick up some additional points other than just like goals and assists. So I like that play a lot. And yeah, I mean, I like, uh, I like uh, Hanson, like JD mentioned. I mean, he's 8.4. Josie's probably going to be out 
Corey Burke at home against Minnesota, seven point seven million. He's in play this week. Um, even yep. right down the list. I mean, even Quincy Amarqua, if he continues to start for Montreal, I mean, we talk about all these must-win games right now with the playoffs coming up. Montreal is pretty much in a must-win spot. It's a tough game at home against Columbus, but I mean, four point seven for a forward. I mean, if you're if you're fading one of the top three options or top three or four options. And I think America was worth a look, excuse me. Hmm. Yeah. He's okay. He had a, he had six shots last game and he had the most touches in the box out of anybody last week in a single game. He had 11 um, mostly because they were getting crushed. So I'm sure they were just like throwing it up the field and letting him (laughs) chug after it. But um, he's okay. I mean, he's, I don't think I'd, I'd love to play him, but put him on the bench first. If you really want see if he does well. And then you there's your savings for the week. Mm-hmm. You have to pretty much sacrifice it, probably one spot. So yeah, there it is. That's a good shout because Montreal does play in the early game on Saturday. So yep. you could use the impact players. I mean, if, even if you have a, a lack of confidence in Piotti, which I don't blame anybody at this point, just with his recent production, um, I wouldn't mind putting him on the bench, even though I hate putting the players that expensive on my bench. Yeah. But, I mean, Tider, Tider was pretty good last week, too. Yep. You know they got crushed, but yeah, it just feels like a spot that you know some of these Montreal guys are gonna have a big game in, and feels like a, a Piotti game for me. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean I, we didn't even mention Zlatan yeah. at Sporting Kansas City, and even better uh, BWP at San Jose. He was rested last week after he got the uh, yellow card suspension, mm-hmm. so. Just keep piling it on. What about the Vela? I was going to say, what about yeah. Vela? Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really tough. Of, yeah, there's a ton of good forwards this week, but I think for me it just it boils down to Javinko at home against Vancouver, and then you got Yosef home against New England. Yosef's been in, what, like a two-game slump or yeah, something? Yeah, he's slumping. All two games. Um, I mean, it feels like they're going to want to get him going. Plus, they're, they've still got the supporter shield in the, you know, hanging in there, so... I don't know. I mean, D.C. at home against Chicago, like they're pretty much in a must-win spot. It just feels like those three guys could, either one of them or all three of them could have a monster game. So I'm going to yeah, try so, to get them playing. Yeah, so they're all three ahead of Rui Diaz, like in another tier, do you think, or do you think it's a top four? I mean, I've got um, I've got those three, and then I did have Rui, Rui Diaz pretty close. I actually was wrestling with him or – Guys like Vela, Zlatan, and, and uh, BWP, but I've actually got Rui Diaz slightly behind those three, so I've got Rui Diaz. Oh, wow. I mean, it's close. It's, like, really close. You could probably move him up and down however you wish, but... We uh, broke you of the uh, the home drone syndrome, then. <laughs> I guess so, man. I've got three, uh, I've got three home guys at, in my top three and then three road players right after that, so... Um, yeah, I love Rui Diaz. I actually had him in my lineup this past week. He's he's just a true goal poacher. He's gonna he's gonna be Seattle's go-to guy down the stretch. So um, definitely don't mind rolling him out again. I just feel like I like the other guys a little bit a little bit more, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Okay. Um, seems like you guys mentioned the kind of deeper plays like Amarqua. Um Do you think it's better, Wando? Just kidding. I've got Wando at tw- I think I've got him uh, around 18th or something this week. It's a tough home game against the Red Bulls, but again, all they're playing for is his record right now. He got a goal this past week. Yep. Yeah, they handed him a penalty. Mm-hmm. 
It could I mean, happen again. Come on. It definitely could happen again, yeah. But you're not playing. I mean, like though. a 4-1 game or something. You're definitely one. not playing him. I mean, the uh, the open play value is just terrible. So you have to pray for a penalty, and that's a terrible strategy. How many goals would it take for me to guarantee that they score, that San Jose scores this week before you take Wanda? Like, if I told you, like, San Jose definitely will score two goals this week, you don't take Wando. But if they scored, like, nine, then you're, you'd probably take Wando. So, like, what's the number? I mean, I'd probably yeah, take if... three. Three? Yeah. And you would take him I'd over take over Rooney. So, I mean, you're taking him over Rooney, Yosef, and, and uh, Javinko. I mean, he's, like, half the cost. Or almost, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, talking about Javinko, I mean, he's almost, like, a third of the cost. But yeah, uh, he should be. Well, not quite a third, but uh, no, I probably wouldn't. I'd think it's... about it at three, but it would probably need to be four, just because yeah, he's right. not getting assists like the other guys can necessarily. And um, I just like the Red Bulls are going to take him away. If someone scores on him, it's going to be Vaco or mm -hmm. someone further outside. I mean, typically, that's how I envision it. Obviously, a soccer game, anything can happen in a, a bunch of little moments and chances that add up, but... Um, it's like the worst matchup possible for Wando. I, I think the number's seven for me. If you told me <laughs> that they would score seven, then I take them over these other guys. And even then, I don't feel great about it. But anyway, um, let's go to midfield. Um, we have, obviously, the same teams apply, although Toronto's midfield, I feel like you'll easily skip over. Like, if you really love Javinko, that doesn't mean you need to get Victor Vasquez in your, in your lineup as well. Yeah, uh, Vasquez... He scored a PK as well last yep. week, and he, he looks good, but not as to the extent that I would lock him in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Definitely not. It seems like the easy top guys are Almiron, Nicholas Ladero. We mentioned Piotti, but he's kind of as about as inconsistent as they can be. Um, Luciano Acosta's got to be in the group by the way he's playing, and then yep. I feel like it drops off there. Yeah, I think you probably named... Everybody that's probably on my radar to try and roster this week, I'm yeah. definitely not be able to fit all four of those guys in. If I'm uh, if I'm going with the the Rooney, Javinko, mm -hmm. Martinez up top, but I feel like Acosta is definitely going to be very high on this week, just based on his recent production and rightfully so. I mean, it's a pretty good spot again at home against Chicago. So, yeah. um, kind of going back and forth like between him and Piotti right now it feels like it's going to have to be one of those two because Almiron and Lodero are locked in for me yeah um and I feel like I don't know I mean it feels like I might end up going with Piotti just based on how important he is to Montreal's attack like it just feels like they lean on him a little bit more than DC might lean on Acosta like it feels like Acosta's surge has been I mean obviously since Rooney came on on board and that's helped out but I don't know. It just feels like if they get a penalty or free kick or whatever, like Rooney's going to be standing over it. Whereas for Montreal, like he had, um, Ty Dare is going to be taking some, and I think Silva might take some sets. But uh, Piotti's the guy. I mean, if they get a penalty or a free kick near goal, like I think he's going to be the one that's hitting it. So I don't know. It's a tough call for me, but I think right now I'm I'm leaning towards Piotti over Acosta. Hmm. JD. I. Uh, I'd probably lean Acosta just for consistency, yeah. But I, it's tough. I agree 100%. And Piotti is like the go-to guy, whereas Acosta's not. Um, but when I when I factor in form and opponent and just consistency in general, I think I'd have to go Acosta. But 
obviously it all depends where you are in the standings and where you want to be because I think most people will go Acosta. Not most, but maybe like a, a healthy 60-40 split. So if you if you wanted DC United exposure but you don't want Rooney and Acosta, Skylar, it seems like you side with Rooney. Um, yeah, that's fair. Do you do yeah, the same, I mean, JD? Yeah, I mean, it all depends if you really want um, Zlatan or somebody as your third forward instead, but mm-hmm. I would probably side with Rooney. Okay. I mean, Javinko, Yosef Martinez, and Rui Diaz is kind of cool mm-hmm. if you can go Acosta in the midfield, but... Yeah. Yeah, again, it just feels like it goes back to me just who the team leans on a little bit more. I think DC right now, it's Rooney, but yeah, Acosta's been his sidekick. I mean, he's definitely... Definitely been the guy that's uh, kind of just fueling the the attack right now. And Piotti, I just kind of like what JD was saying. I actually feel like he's going to be lower owned than he should be this week, just based on his recent just you know run of draft of uh, dry results. Yep, and he's been pretty bad, and I think he's probably left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. So I think they're going to fade him and. You know, you look at the opponent, I mean, that's a reason to fade him, too. His price is up there. So I don't think Piotti is going to be a popular pick this week, and I do feel like it's a good differential just based off of all that. I get that. I get that. I mean, it's it's a little risky, but, again, if, you, if you're if you really feeling like it's it's a roll of the dice and, yes, stick him on your bench and then you've got an option if he, if he uh, airballs again. So. Yeah. It's a lot of money for a potential air. Uh, I know, I know. That's that's my only hesitation there. But it just, I mean, Montreal after lose after just getting rocked by DC last week, like it's a that's another reason to hesitate a little bit. But I mean, they're pretty they're hanging on to that last spot, so you know. And DC, I mean, if DC went out, then they get the playoff spot. So Montreal really have no wiggle room right now. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they've got to have a big performance. So you got to know Piotti is going to be the one that probably steps up and at least gets involved some, some form or fashion. So, hmm. Hmm. all right. Um, <clears throat> so those are obviously the elite or at least the higher price guys. Um, we obviously can't get five of them if we're playing three forwards as well. So who are some of the cheaper midfielders that you guys are are looking at? Yeah, well, just second tier right away. I think you have to look at Detral pretty hard. He's ten point six million. Um, you can save a little bit from what some of the guys we just talked about, and he's playing Minnesota at home. Philly are coming off a couple rough games. Um, they they tied Columbus zero zero after flopping in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, I think that was three nothing, but it, it seemed like it could have been even worse. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a good spot to get get back on the uh, the horse tier, and Detroit has been has been pretty good all season. He's got a lot of good attackers around him. Um, it's probably your only chance to get Philadelphia exposure because I don't think you're going with Corey Burke at seven point seven at forward, just because there's other really impressive options. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Detroit is is the guy in that price range I really like. But there's a ton of people in that price range that you could pick from if you have to kind of go below the the extremely elite choices. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll likely have to do at least one, but I guess yeah, Pichal I think, is the guy you're thinking. Yeah, I think people are a lot more um, drawn towards going with the Stars and Scrubs, like Skylar said, so 
taking these guys in the middle can kind of be a, a little bit of a differential, but it also is pretty optimal because you're saving on on these guys that are almost as good as the stars. You don't have to rely on a uh, some 4.0 or 6.0, whatever. Right. Player that's down there for a reason, let's put it that way. It's a very <laughs> diplomatic way to say it. Sometimes the reason is that they're subbed. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the reason is they're a sub, so they always go down, and then they suddenly are starting. But Right. Uh, All right. Um, Skyler, who else do you like in the kind of lower or the mid-midfielder range? Yeah, uh, definitely love the Dutch call shout. Uh, Love the matchup at home against Minnesota, and I think Philly wants to get him going before the playoffs start so i like that one i I think we mentioned victor vasquez earlier yep um he's kind of crept up my radar a little bit and his price is pretty attractive at 8.9 so you know i don't mind him this week um home game against vancouver again their backs are against the wall so i could see another good performance from him I actually think Yamil Assad out of D.C. is a little bit of a sleeper mm. um, kind of differential, I guess, as opposed to like a Lucho Acosta. It feels like Assad is kind of in his shadows right now, and he's $9.4 million, so you're saving a couple million with him. And yeah, Acosta's had the hot hand, but Assad is um, – he's, he's, I think he's dealt with some injuries and stuff recently, so might not have as much opportunity alongside Rooney as Acosta's had, but now that he's back, um, in the lineup and, and getting minutes again, then I, I mean, I think anything's possible with him. We saw how good he was last season. So, um, and then right down the list, I think Johnny Russell, he's kind of rounding back into form two home game against LA Galaxy, 8.3 million. Um, I like that play, just a little bit of a salary saver. Um, I mean, if you really want to go kind of a little bit more bargain bin style. Victor Rodriguez showed up with a big game this past weekend, not just the goal for Seattle. Um, He's filling in for uh, Harry Ship right now, who's hurt, but Victor Rodriguez is 5.7 million. And so, you know, with Seattle playing in this Monday game, then that's a guy that you could potentially use, you know, if your bench players don't work out and you need, you know, you have 5.7 million left in your midfield. He's a guy that you might want to look at because aside from the goal, and he turned out some pretty good bonus point numbers too. I mean, I want to say he had like four or five bonus points. So um, he's a guy I've got my eye on just in that kind of bargain bin range. So you think he can handle the pressure of filling in for Harry Ship? <laughs> okay, I mean, he's, he's shown so far that he can, can uh, handle it. So. Okay. Yeah, he had, he had six, ta- six tackles and he had uh, nine recoveries, Jeez. five shots. So that's three bonuses right there. Um, nice he also game. had eight eight touches in the box, so that's pretty good. Worth noting that K- Kelvin Leardham at the fullback spot had nine touches in the box, which is exceptional. And also from that game, I thought Christian Roldan looked really good. So he's kind of coming coming into his own, not quite at the level he was last season in terms of a fantasy force, but um, I think he's around nine and a half million. Mm-hmm. So Roldan's a, a one I like, but Skyler missed missed one when he dropped the whole way down there. I think uh, Kaku from Red Bulls is in a pretty prime spot against San Jose yeah. on the road. But I mean, Red Bulls have proven they're they're a force to be reckoned with after they beat Atlanta two nothing last week when they didn't have Tyler Adams and they didn't have BWP. Mm-hmm. So get those guys back in, and um, I mean, you're instead of Atlanta, you're playing San Jose. Come on. 
Yeah. No, I, I, I like it. I like the matchup for Kaku for sure. I just I hesitate, I guess, just on his consistency. Like he's, yeah. you know, he's got so many, he's got a big game and then he's got a string of like two pointers. And yeah, I mean, he could have easily had a big game against Atlanta too. If he converted that PK, that hurt him for sure. Yep. Right. So, I, I mean, I like the play. I mean, 7.6 million is probably, I think he's up there as far as like the, one of the top uh, assist getters in the league. So yeah, I just I, wish I, he scored more goals. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't mind the play at all. And then, uh, for talking in that seven million range, we've got uh, Benny Failhaber, LAFC at Colorado. I mean, he's a bonus point guy, but it's a good matchup for him. So I don't know, couple of couple of names thrown out there. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Failhaber's good if he starts. Lee Wynn came off the bench and was awesome in that game where uh, LAFC were trailing Chicago. I, yep. I mean, Lee Wynn to me looks like their best attacking midfielder. So if he plays at Colorado, I wouldn't mind him. I think he's in uh, the 9 million range as well. Mm-hmm. Worth checking out Andre Horta, though, who played 70 minutes. I didn't think he was that great, but, I mean, he. I think they see him as their most promising young attacking player other than Diego Rossi, and maybe even more so than Diego Rossi um, once he gets his feet under him. So Horta is – he's something crazy like 5.5 million. So if he starts – he plays in a Saturday game, so you could potentially switch a room with someone in the Sunday or Monday match. Yep. That's an interesting call. Yeah. Another switcheroo call I like is watch and see if Barco starts. He plays only a half hour after the Montreal game kicks off, so that's the first one of the slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barco is seven and a half, and New England have been pretty bad. I don't think he starts, but if he is, that's a really good value. And it's a way you could kind of get off of Yosa for Almarone if you want to save and diversify your uh, your lineup a little bit because we have a ton of really good options and attacks to, to target, and we can't fit them all in this week. So, hmm. I don't know if I <clears throat> can play Barco thinking like, oh, I'll just play Barco instead of Almarone. <laughs> yeah, I'll be but then fine. you can play someone else for a lot more money. In yeah. a different position. Yeah. Aaron Gies is another guy, just to, to shout him out. He's 6.0. Hasn't really been playing that much lately, but um, I think he's Dallas's best creative mm-hmm. player. And it's he's weird playing that he's Orla- not playing. Yeah, Orlando is his opponent. It's a home game for Aaron Gies. I think he could tear them apart if he starts. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just don't know if he's going to start. I mean, it feels like Arudi, for whatever reason... Um, they've settled on him being the being that guy underneath, yeah. and I guess now they're going to have to shuffle things up though, because uh, news broke that Christian Kalman's out with, for the season with the ACL tears. So, I guess that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking. Not that he's kills. out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know that's not what you meant, but that Aaron like Gies gets in, that's a smart thing to do. Although Arudi has really thrived in that. Uh, secondary forward role mm-hmm. yeah and i'm thinking they probably just stick uh Baji back in there feels like maybe they jumped off him for a little bit to see what coleman could do the past couple of games i actually plugged coleman into my rankings just because he was four million min price forward yeah like, i mean that's bizarre like do we really need to see what coleman can do we've seen it for a year and a half <laughs> two years right yeah nothing uh he can sit on the bench really well he's great at that yeah so I mean, they're definitely going to have to shuffle some things up now, but I think it's Baji that gets back in the mix. I, just, I don't know if we can 
bank on our inquies, but yeah, I mean, I liked him when I with what I saw of him earlier in the season. Yeah, he's really good. I I mean, I think I feel like they have to integrate him as the the playoffs get closer. I was gonna say, yeah, because, soon. <laughs> I mean, they are top of the Western Conference, but I would not say they're a top two or three even Western Conference team. I I can't believe they're like, at the top of the Western. I still you're far, like, can't. Yeah, you're it. you're far more concerned about playing LAFC. You're far more concerned about playing Seattle right now, and you could argue you're more concerned about playing either Sporting Kansas City or the Galaxy if they get in than you are FC Dallas. Yep. I mean, FC Dallas just needs to get something going. I know they've had a, a decent stretch of games, but it's never really been dominant this year in terms of like really taking it to their opponent week in, week out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just feel like they really need to to get something going there because an Arudi and Baji combo can be good, but it can also be very stoppable if you play a smart coach that can game plan them out of the game. Um, I mean, they're, they're not really that well-rounded of players. If yeah. you're relying on them both to also create chances in addition to finish them, so. Okay. And I think Pereja knows that. He'll get Aaron Gies going. Mm-hmm. I like that call. Uh, what do you guys think? The, my initial reaction is that they're way overpriced, and so I can't possibly play them. But uh, what do you think about the RSL guys like Rusnak and Plata? Yeah, that's my reaction too. Okay. Portland's yeah, I mean, been so bad lately, though. Yeah, not just those two. I mean, you got to consider Saverino, who's been good lately, and yep. then uh, Demir Krylock, who's been the best. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's been good. Them. He's had a, had a couple of quiet games here recently, but I, I actually like those those options just based on where Salt Lake are in the standings. They're on the they're right now the last team in in the West as far as the playoffs go. So. Um, LA Galaxy are hot on their heels. Um, it's a tough matchup at home, but I kind of feel like this game might have some fireworks in it. Like it's kind of, kind of feels like a sneaky game for fantasy. Even guys like uh, Valeri are are kind of popping off for me. Like I feel like it might be a little bit of a back and forth. I, I think Salt Lake could put a couple of goals past Portland here. So it's it's tough though. I mean, it's like we've said before. Like it's kind of like throwing darts. Which Salt Lake midfielder is going to turn up with a big game? Because there's so many good options. So mm-hmm. probably staying away. But I, I just <laughs> there's I so many good have, options. So I'm just going to ignore. I mean, all of them. well, yeah, that's the thing though. It's just you can't really pinpoint which. Like it's so easy to say, oh yeah, it's going to be uh, Victor Vasquez or Jonathan Osorio out of Toronto's midfield. But for Salt Lake, it's like. You got Plata, you've got Rusnak, you've got Saverino, Krylock, so Yeah. Yeah, I think Portland's gonna give up multiple goals as well. Wow. They've they haven't been that good defensively lately. Um on the road, a little bit of altitude. Like Skylar said, RSL are slightly more motivated. So I just can't justify paying up for any of those RSL guys because A, there's so many better alternatives in the price range. Yeah. And, I mean, B, it's not like you can bank on any of them really being a a focal point of the attack or being the one that scores those goals. I mean, they all contribute. They're all pretty good, but none of them are are consistent threats. Yeah, it's just, for me, it's just a guessing game. Like, and they're all priced in the same range as, like, the Almarones and Piatis and Acosta. It's like, I just, I'd rather just go with the, you know, the option that I feel like might have a, a better chance of actually 
producing instead of a coin flip. So yeah, I I would love to root for RSL in the playoffs, like to make a, a dark horse run, but that also means I'm probably rooting against Zlatan being yep. in the playoffs. Yep. Ooh. Who literally threw down the gauntlet to LAFC uh, today, I think, in an interview, um, saying he wanted to play them in the playoffs at their stadium, and that'd be fun. He's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's better than Dra- it's better than Drogba. He's not yeah. out here like trying to end careers. Um, <laughs> Forever the uh I don't know. What was the the little love pat that Zlatan gave to who was it Lee Wynn? And then there was another guy earlier in the year from Montreal that he gave a nice yep. little smack to. Yep. I mean, that but could, not that the could, uh, not the leg twist could... like Drogba. Was that Steve yeah, Clark? Yeah, not the leg twist. Yeah, that was on Steve Clark. Yeah. Could cause some some emotional distress for those guys from mm. like Lee Wynn. <laughs> He's probably honestly Lee Wynn probably loved it. Hmm. Don't forget the well, Michael Bradley spat. I got slapped by Zlatan. Oh, yeah. That you'll never forget that. <laughs> Michael Bradley, not a fan of Zlatan. Yeah, I don't think he liked it, but he's too serious. Yeah. Um, we, you guys mentioned George Bello before at four and a half. Atlanta seems like the pretty clear, clean sheet opportunity on the slate, home against New England. Uh, the DC guys, I feel like we've had a conversation previously like, oh yeah, you'd want some DC United defensive pieces. And then there's just no. crickets when you think about who you, they actually are. Yeah. Don't do it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, nope. uh, yeah, hold up. Hold, hold up. up. We got a little Fred Briant sighting here. Or, uh... Yeah. I was going to say Briant's actually just kind of digging in a little bit deeper earlier when I was doing the rankings. He's, he's been worth a look. I mean, 5.5 million, not just, uh, I think DC's, turned up with a, a clean sheet or two here lately, but he's he's getting some bonus points too. So home against Chicago, must win game for DC. I mean I could see I, mean, I could even see another clean sheet and yeah, if if he doesn't get the clean sheet then get It's not a coach. must win game for DC. Is it? I mean no. I feel like it is. They have two games in hand on Montreal and they're two points behind him. Uh I feel like I I think Every Still behind game for them right now is yeah. I think every game is almost must win. I mean, it's it, maybe it's not must win, it's, but yeah, yeah, that's twisting the definition. I can't quite it's tell where they are because the red even line even in is good black. faith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I I guess DC's fine. I mean, who do we who do they have on their schedule coming up? I mean, I know it's not. Uh, well, their home, home their heavy, home but... games would help. Yeah. yeah so. They're playing uh, Chicago, then FC Dallas, Toronto, NYCFC, and then Chicago again. I'd say this is pretty much a must-win for them. They're fine. <laughs> two games against Chicago is nice. Yeah, two games against Chicago is nice, but FC Dallas, Toronto. And I mean, are we assuming that Montreal's schedule is a cakewalk or what? Nah, I think they've got a, a they, tough one too. Yeah, but... they probably have a tough schedule too. I got it right here. It's uh, they only have three games left. They've got home against Columbus, home against Toronto, and then they finish up at New England. At New England, that's going to be a big game for them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe, might be over by then. At least for New England, it could be over. Will likely yeah. be over. Um. <clears throat> okay, so. JD, you're not that high on DC then. Uh, Atlanta not obviously really. has some pro- has some uh, possibilities. Toronto. I'm, yeah, I like Toronto. I like Philadelphia. I like Dallas for sure. Mm-hmm. Hosting Orlando. Seattle is a good one. Bad either. 
Seattle, I was going to say, but it's tough to, to put a ton of money in the last kickoff yeah. of the week just because if someone surprisingly doesn't start, I mean, you don't know what's going on. But maybe a switcheroo, you, your bench options all do well and you open up some money, so maybe you can upgrade to a Seattle guy. That's just something to keep in mind. I do kind of like that matchup, but I don't love it. Um, the other gonna, one, the kind go ahead. I was going to say, if you're going to take a, a shot, $4 million on Roman Torres, if he randomly starts, isn't so bad. <laughs> he doesn't have uh, Senderos to contend with in the air because <laughs> big, big shocker Senderos played his customary 30 minutes, and no, not subbing on. That's uh, starting the game and mm-hmm. getting hurt before halftime pretty much every time he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, that was U.S. Open Cup, and <laughs> Philadelphia still couldn't take advantage of it. Yep. But um, – yeah, I don't I, know if we're getting Roman Torres after his his showing. He, he's in their, bad. <laughs> he's been bad all year. The Gal- LA Galaxy when he filled yeah. in. He's been so bad lately. I mean, I think I met, I think I said something on Twitter. Maybe it was a little harsh, but I mean, he looks he looks huge. I mean, I know he's a big yeah. guy, but he looks like bigger than I've ever seen him recently. Well, so I don't, maybe you, that has something to do with it. Do you remember at the World Cup they said he was the the heaviest player, and then somebody. <laughs> Somebody asked him, like, you know, you were uh, Opta or whatever, said you were the heaviest player at the World Cup. What do you say to that? And he lifted his shirt up, and he had, like, a killer six-pack. Yeah, but he was seeing that. He was still very clearly an enormous man. <laughs> yeah, he's a big and the, Yeah, the older you get, the harder it is for everything in your body to keep up with that monstrosity, I think. So. Hey, I can Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> You guys uh, hate to break it to you, but you're not even half as big as Roman Torres. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about uh, I like LAFC at Colorado. Colorado is so bad. I don't care that it's on the road. I don't really care that it's at altitude. I'm thinking about uh, putting Walker Zimmerman on my bench. I get that. Seven and a half. He's proven he can score some set pieces lately. Colorado don't really have any motivation to defend set pieces at this stage of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, are you are you going up for a a hard header when you have twenty four points on the season? You're twenty points out of the playoff race. Twenty two points, probably not. Yeah. Not to mention Tim Howard can't move anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, I like it. He's he's getting some bonus points too. So, yeah, um, and same with Red Bulls. Like- yeah, it feels like there's been some banter about Zimmerman going overseas or whatever. Maybe he's trying to play for a contract. So it feels like he's definitely stepped it up, stepped it up recently. So, well, last uh, year he uh, Dallas kind of were disappointed in him because they thought he was going to go leave, and then he ended up showing up to the season. And yeah, I think that's why they got rid of him. They traded him to LAFC. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any teams we met. I mean, we kind of touched on all of them. Red Bulls? Yeah, Red Bulls are fine. They're expensive, though, right? Yeah, that's true. Never know. Maybe yeah. the West Coast, little, we get a little Connor Late action or something. <laughs> I mean, are we paying up for Zussi? Sorry, JD. I was just jumping no, in, that's cool. jumping, yeah. jumping all the way to the top. Zussi created uh, five chances, which was second in the league last week. Um, I don't know. He's cool. I mean, it feels like he's getting bonus points more than anything right now. Yeah. Like it's not really the 
what we were going after him earlier in the season four, which was goals and assists. Mm -hmm. Clean sheets. Um, yeah. yeah clean I'm not sheets. paying. I don't think I'm paying for him. Yeah. My, my build right now, I don't have him, but I've got him ranked number one this week, I guess, just because of wow. the potential. It's cool. I who, mean, who, I think who, who pops off at you is one of the top guys. I'd go for a clean sheet. I'd pick like an attacking fullback on a team I like for the clean sheet better. So whether that's uh, a Justin Morrow, maybe. Um, I've got it, Keegan Rosenberry up. I was just about to say that. It's it's really <laughs> tough to say Rosenberry over Zussi, but, um, I mean, he's up there. Then take some center backs that can head the ball in. Yeah. But, yeah, when, when you think about price doesn't matter, Zussi's probably still pretty high up there. But, I mean, Kamar Lawrence, I think, is one that I'd like. Yeah, defender was tough for me this week. It really didn't feel like there were any standout defenders. I mean, I yeah. guess if you want to, if you want to play the clean sheet, then go that route. But yeah, Reggie just, Cannon. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, LGP this week too against the Revs. Um, Rito Ziegler is a guy that's um, he's stood over some free kicks for FC Dallas. We mentioned the the matchup at home against Orlando. Yeah, that's I like why I like him. Cannon. Yeah, so. I don't know. Defender's going to be uh, tricky this week. It feels like I'm going to go the value route. Like, I've got Bellow from Atlanta, 4.5 locked in. Um, after that, I don't know. I mean, it feels like the past few weeks, like, defender's kind of um, uh, the position that I've let just kind of build itself. Like, as the week goes on, like, I've really used my switcheroo options off the bench to, I think last week I had... Uh, Kappelhoff and Vincent from the from the fire there they each I think ended up with like seven points or something so it feels like the defender spots one that I'm really using for value right yeah. now at this point in the season you grabbed Steros yeah. two weeks ago didn't you really cheap yeah 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 Steros was like a last minute pickup yeah. just you know kind of a shot in the dark like let's see what happens he got me a, a random clean sheet so yeah I'll throw Laird amount again as well uh, he was 6.7 had three key passes grabbed an assist and a clean sheet against Colorado. Um, tougher matchup, but good guy to throw in there. Um, and then if your bench guys do better, you don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like it. Uh, goalkeeper or keeper -oo. Like you definitely going with Guzan. I mean, you got to start with Guzan for sure. Yeah. Just with them being the, one of the early games for uh, sure. I feel like you got to start with Guzan, and then if you no, if you... there's the games are so spread out, and you definitely don't need to go with a, a super early game. I mean, I think Bono would with, work. Yeah, Bono would work. Andre Blake would certainly work, and then I think if um, Blake's a little you, early, you could even pull off Jesse Gonzalez for late. Dallas. He's cheap. Gonzalez was going to be my guy that I plugged in if if one of the early oh, guys okay. don't work out. Yeah, yeah I had this... I mean, I'm, the greatest thing would be if Gonzalez was your first and then you didn't have to pay that second keeper money. You could go with, uh, I mean, you could go with Hamid or Stefan Fry there the whole next day, yep. or you could go with Robles at San Jose. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. Save a little bit of cash at the position. Um, I no, went, I mean, I went right. Bono got, Gonzalez to start. Yeah. I've got Guzan and, uh, Bono ranked one and two for me. Uh, Oof. Gonzalez right behind. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think those two are the ones. I think if you want to play that, like, and I, I mean, I, yeah. Now, now that you mentioned, it, I think I, you could probably 
even throw Gonzalez in as your first guy off the bench and see if he does well and then use one of the lighter options. So Yeah. The problem is Robles is like nine point four. Yeah. Um what's Hamid? Eight point something. So maybe Guzan Guzan Gonzalez is safer because you lock in like that affordable keeper matchup. Right. But um I think Bono's cheaper than Guzan. Yeah, Bono's six million. Yeah. Guzan's six point four. So I'm a, Bono's probably the guy then yep. over Guzan. I don't know. It's tough because, I mean, New England's attack is so volatile. Sometimes mm-hmm. they look great. Sometimes Pania alone looks yeah. like he could score a couple. Um, and then other games, it's who knows. And, I mean, is probably going to play on Giorgio Bello's side, which is a little scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, too, it could come down to how much Atlanta exposure you want in the field. If we're talking, you know, you've got Joseph, you've got Almarone, you've got Bello. And then maybe, like JD said, you want to throw a wild card in there, like a uh, Barco. Um, I'm probably not going there, but I mean, if he starts, and I, I actually think he's a pretty good wild card play. Mm-hmm. Um, even a guy like Vialba, I don't think we mentioned him talking about forwards, but he's kind of another under the radar play out of the Atlanta attack. So I don't know. The, your lineup might build itself, and and you might build your way out of Guzan and have to go with a guy like Bono. I happily build without Guzan. I feel like Guzan was under five million like three weeks ago or two weeks ago, and now he's up to six point four. He's had a pretty good little stretch here. I yeah. think just uh, looking at it, he, you know, even last week when they lost to the Red Bulls, he saved a PK, so he still came away with like seven points. Yeah, I got you. Um, I think he had a clean sheet maybe the game before that. Like, I think he had he's had seven points in like three of his last four or something like that. All right, so, so. he's been he's been rising for sure then. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he has two clean sheets. Two clean sheets in his last five games, but he's also given up eight goals. (laughs) Three to DC, three to San Jose, and two to the Red Bulls. Yeah, I mean, three to DC and three to San Jose. Yeah, he shut out RSL at home, and he shut out Colorado, or at Colorado. Whoop de doo. Yeah. Penalty save against the Red Bulls, that helped. For the record, the fact that Atlanta shut out Colorado on the road, I mean, LAFC certainly could. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that's real. Don't, don't be a home drone. <laughs> after L- after LAFC just got rocked by the Chicago Fire on the road. Yeah. Whatever. No <laughs> big just deal. Just throw it out there. Yeah. That's Bob Bradley throwing his old team a bone. <laughs> Captains? All right, Javinko. Uh, yeah. It's, he was the first one that came to my mind. <clears throat> the Atlanta guys are so tempting. Ladero's Ladero, not bad. Yeah. Ladero just had, a, what, a 23-point week? Yeah. Wish I kept yeah. him in my lineup. Yeah, I'm surprised so many people faded him at home against my, the Rapids. My lineup looked amazing when I saved on the salary. Yeah, he was pricey, but... Yeah. I so, think I threw some stat out where uh, midfielders in that same role as Ladero have just been eating against the Rapids lately. Mm-hmm. So yeah. who's that guy this week? Lee Wynn? If he starts, mm-hmm. he starts. If not, then I guess it's probably Horta, mm-hmm. who, like I mentioned, is five point five. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's Javinko for me right now. I'm I'm settling on that, but yeah, I mean, so many ways you could go this week. That's it's going to be a fun week because I mean, there's four weeks left in the season. Um, I mean, this is the time that if you want to close a gap, then this is the time to to make that little differential play i'd say whether it be like 
your team in general or as a captain pick. So I'll say this: if um, if Montreal come out at three o'clock and they get three points, beat Columbus, I'm much more inclined not to captain Javinka because then they're definitely out of the playoffs, right? Um... They're ten points back. I mean, maybe not definitely, but probably out of the playoffs. Ten points, and they have two games in hand, though. Yeah. So, I mean, you're probably points. considering DC United, New England are still in between you. Montreal gained ground. You're probably not making the playoffs. Yeah, it's pretty improbable as it is. So, but right. So if they if they watch Montreal go out and win, maybe Javinko doesn't really care for that five o'clock match. I don't know. Do you do you actually drop Javinko? No, probably not. Okay. You could. Yeah. It's still a tasty matchup for him. Even, yeah, it's a really even, good matchup. You don't, you don't think you would just come out and just go through the motions. You never know. I mean, like, sometimes MLS games just happen that way where one team just doesn't show up at all. But it's it's not really worth trying to predict those. And it, it could also be that the pressure being off of TFC actually helps them. Is there some sort of Canadian pride uh, match? No. No, I heard someone try and say that, but that's ridiculous considering <laughs> most None of them the are Canadian. These, yeah, I mean, they have probably the most Canadians of all the team. I mean, they have more than Montreal, I believe. Um, Alfonso Davies coming up big, maybe. I mean, Osorio's Canadian jumps mm-hmm. to mind. Um, Vancouver, I mean, they have a, a number of academy players that even if they're not Canadian by birth, they, uh, they probably feel Canadian. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, Toronto has a, a number as well. So, I don't, I don't think we need to read too much into that one. Nope. <clears throat> All right. Uh, anything else? I think we're good. Think that we was nice. We took a little uh, breather. We didn't have to follow up the games Sunday right into a Monday pod. I like what, it. what do we got in uh, week 33, though? You get back to back to the grind. Uh, nope, it's a Friday start with a four-game uh, slate. Got that international break coming up. That's it, yeah. Oh, wow. that would be... What if they had played the Monday game, Seattle-Houston, and then they had a Wednesday game? How frustrating would that be? That <laughs> <laughs> would feel yeah, very be, MLS-y. be fun for uh, the showdown lovers out there. Mm. No. Uh, all right. If anybody has any <laughs> follow-up questions, you can find JD on Twitter at DFSMLS. Skyler is at DraftKicks. I'm Rotowire Andrew. If you were previously interested in the Rotowire Slack chat, we're now on Discord. If you'd like to get in on that, it's for all subscribers. You can go to rotowire.com slash chat to get in. Everything is right on that page. Gentlemen, thank you for all of that, and good luck this weekend. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.